Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are thankful and grateful that you have given us this wonderful day, this opportunity to hear your word. We pray, Lord, that your spirit, the Holy Ghost, will minister to us, will speak to us. Though we will speak in a particular language, I pray, Lord, let the spirit translate that every man will hear it in his own tongue give you praise we give you honor in jesus name amen. amen you may be seated it's a good place to clap for jesus amen. wonderful well i want for a short time today is a very special day it is one day in a year one day in a year that we celebrate this day so just relax and let's celebrate at the end of the service we have a special way of also celebrating ourselves as international people that god intended to gather international people so at the end of the at the end of the message at the end of the service we also will gather in a place and we have international dishes people cook from various countries try some of them tried, so we are, going to, we are going to understand that we are cooking from different countries, people have different skills, and so we are going to gather to taste. Don't, this is not a day that you eat your kind. Just for once, try and eat something different to just let you know that you are a minister to the world, minister to all the nations, and that you can identify with every kind of person. Amen. Wonderful. So for a short time, I want to share with you, saved from the lake of fire. Saved from the lake of fire. Saved from the lake of fire. Now, salvation is a serious business. Tell your neighbor, salvation is a serious business. Salvation or being saved from going to a wild place, saved from going to a wild place, the lake of fire. That is what it means. When we say you are saved, that is what it means. That you are saved from going to a very wild place, the lake of fire. Hallelujah. Now, everyone who does not have Christ... Everyone who does not have Christ as his savior is condemned to perish. Is condemned to perish. Amen. Amen. I am not here to convince you. I am here to give you this message. Amen. Amen. I am here to give you this message, this fact, and you ought to process it and allow God to speak to you. So I want you to have an open mind. Amen. Amen. I want you to have an open mind. That everyone who does not have Christ as his savior is condemned to perish. Amen. Amen. Now this applies to everyone. This applies to every soul. Every person. Whether you are rich or poor. Whether you are big or small. Whether you are black or white. Whether you are young or old, this applies to everyone. Whether you are bond or free, whether you are a king or a servant, whether you are a CEO, whether you are a lawyer, whether you are a doctor, whether you are a cleaner, whether you are a security guard, whether you are a truck driver, whatever you are, this applies to you. Whether you are a pastor or a pope, 
Amen. Whether you are a Muslim or Hindu, this applies to you. Amen. Whether you believe it or you don't, it applies to you. Hallelujah. So, we have gathered different countries. We have gathered here different countries. Now, no matter where you come from, whether you are Chinese, whether you are an American, whether you are Hindu, you are from Liberia, you are from um, Egypt, wherever you come from, whether you are from Dominican Republic or you are from Puerto Rico, this applies to you. It does not matter. Hallelujah. So you have two choices. To choose to go to heaven or to choose to go to hell. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Now, it means anyone who does not have Jesus, anyone who does not have Jesus, you will choose to have him or not to have him. And anyone who does not have Jesus, you will go to hell. I am sorry to tell you that. Amen. John chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world, God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved the world. God did not love just Americans or British or Africans. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, I'm talking about should not perish, and I'm not talking about perish as in sudden death and you are destroyed and you are gone. Perish not as suffer a sudden death, but will perish in the lake of fire. Perish in the lake of fire. Amen. So you realize that the whole business of our salvation, the whole business of going to church, that I go to church, the whole business of I am a Christian, the whole business of I read my Bible, I do my quiet time, I attend church, I, I, I visit, or I give to support the church. The whole business of it, that I married in the church, I was born in a Christian family. The whole business of this is about salvation. It's about salvation. It's about whether you have chosen to go to heaven or you have chosen to go to hell. That is all it's about. Amen. You know, last night as I was meditating on what to preach, you know, I was just meditating and waiting on the Lord and I was just, Lord, what am I going to share with the people and what am I going to share with the people? And the Lord gave me a vision. I just fell into a trance like that for a brief moment and I saw, what I saw was fire, like fire being made in front of our car garage, in front of the garage. You know, there was like fire that is made. And flash like that and I say, Lord, thank you. I'm going to talk about the lake of fire. I'm going to talk about the lake of fire. Amen. So whether you go to church or you don't, whether you read your Bible or you don't, whether you pray or you don't, the main thing is that you will not perish in hell. You will not perish in hell. Hallelujah. If this life comes to an end, where are you going? If you die today, where are you going? Hallelujah. You have only two places, only two choices, heaven or hell. Amen. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31, the Bible says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. 
before the Son of Man, when he comes in his glory, before him shall be gathered all nations, everyone, all nations, rich or poor. The gospel is not for poor people. The gospel is not for people who do not have degrees. Amen. He said, all nations shall be gathered and he shall separate them one from another as a sheep divided his sheep from the goats. Just two groups. Just two groups. As the, sheep, as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now if you go down to verse 46, he says, and these, and these, the ones that are on his left, they say, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into life eternal. Amen. 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 Life eternal. All nations shall gather before him. All nations. nations. Hallelujah. So Mark chapter 9, you see, God is presenting the gospel message such that you will understand it in your own language. He gave the Holy Spirit purposely to do just that. That you will hear it and you will understand it clearly. That there will be no misconception, no doubt that I did not understand. What I am telling you is that if you do not have Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you will die and you will perish in hell, the lake of fire. I don't intend to scare you. I'm just reading the Bible. Amen. You don't need to be afraid. You don't at all. God never intends to frighten you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because you still, as you are sitting here, you still have the choice to or not to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Mark chapter 9 and verse 43. Look how serious this thing is. Very serious. He says, and if thy hand offend thee. This, I'm, I'm talking about doing whatever you have to do not to go to hell or not to go to this lake of fire. The scripture says, if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. Cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell. Into the fire that never shall be quenched. This is hell. Where the fire, the lake of fire is never quenched. It doesn't die out. This is someone who has seen a picture of it. This is someone who knows what this place is. This is someone who understands what is the lake of fire. And he's saying that this place, if you have a hand that is the cause of you not going there. If you have a hand that is the cause for you not going there, cut it off. Cut it off so that you can go, you can escape the lake of fire. Cut it off. If you are a pickpocket, you know what's a pickpocket? You pick people's pocket and this is preventing you to cut, 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 cut it, cut it, cut, cut, cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it off. Your, your, hand, your hand makes you steal. Kleptomania. You can't keep your hand still. You can't, if your hand troubles you, cut it off. Cut, 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 cut it off. So that you will escape hell. This is serious. I said this is serious. Your hand is such that it goes places. It goes places. It touches things. It touches what is not so. You can't keep your hand still. Cut it off. Cut it off. Beloved, hell is a serious place. Hell is a serious place. If you go down to read, it says, even if your eyes, your eyes prevent you from going to, going to heaven, 
your eyes is taking you to this lake of fire where the fire never quenches, where the fire never dies out. If your eye is doing that, pluck it out. Pluck your eyes out. It is better to enter, escape, escape hell than to go to the place with your both eyes. That your eyes, they look at certain areas. You know, your eyes, each time you can't control your eyes. They are looking at women's breasts and it gives you, it, it, it makes you behave in a certain way. Your eyes are always, when you see a woman whose breasts are exposed, you can't control your eyes. And it's just running around and it's leading you into going to hell. Plop, plop. Pluck them out! Pluck them out! Pluck them out! Pluck them out! It is better to go to heaven. Escape is better not to go to the lake of fire than to have both your eyes. Amen. So if you have certain part of your body, certain part of your body that you can control, every time it is looking to go to certain places and it's cut, 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 cut it off, cut, 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 cut it off, cut it off, cut, cut, cut it off. It is better, it is better not to have that. Cut it off. Jesus talking. Hell is a serious place. You have a certain place where it is troubling you. Every time you see the man, you, you see this place is taking you to hell. Put the glue, close it, something, whatever. Put down, what do you call that glue? Close the glue. Close it. Close it. Somebody understand what I'm sharing with you. You see, hell is a serious place. You don't want to go there. You don't want that silly pleasure take you to hell. That silly pleasure should not take you to hell. You have breasts, that is a trouble. You know that whenever men see this, they are all after you and is coming, always giving you trouble. It is taking you cut, 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 cut. Amen. Don't joke with it. It's a serious business. Don't joke with it. You see, this is Jesus talking. You see, it sounds very wild. It sounds very wild. How am I going to cut my hand off? How am I going to pluck my eye off? But if that is going to take you to hell, it is better to pluck it out. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So the subject of salvation and hell must be the major subject that we preach in our churches. In every church, every priest, every pastor has a duty to teach you about the lake of fire, about salvation. Amen. That should be the main subject that we talk about. Hallelujah. Now, the reason why Christians take this lightly, the reason why Christians take this lightly, the reason why they do not care even to talk about salvation to their family members, their friends, their co-workers, the reason why they don't care to share, the reason why they don't care to turn someone from going to hell, I'm not talking about inviting someone to church. I'm not talking about inviting someone to church. I'm talking about warning someone about hell. Warning someone. The reason why Christians do not do that. Do you want to know? How many of you want to know the reason why we don't do that? Turn with me quickly to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. So far, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, For these things 
in you and abound. They make you, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. They make you neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Hallelujah. Now the scripture says anyone who is barren, anyone who is unfruitful, anyone who does not win souls, anyone who does not warn people from going to the lake of fire, anyone who does not have people that he has warned and has turned away, that means you are barren. I'm not talking about barren in the sense that you can't have a child or you, 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 don't, you can't have a third child. I'm talking about not having souls that you have won. The scripture says anyone who is barren and unfruitful, who does not win souls or does not care about souls, you don't care about outreaches. When we say we are going for outreaches, it doesn't mean anything to you. When we say we are winning souls, it doesn't trigger anything in you. The reason is this. This is what the scripture is saying. When you don't care. For instance, we are saying we are raising funds to support Healing Jesus campaign. To go places and win souls. And you say, for that, I'm not coming to church. I don't, it, those things I don't like. You don't participate in the reason. The reason. You have three problems. This is what the scripture is saying. You have three problems. Number one, it says, it says, but he that lacketh these things, number one, he's blind. He's blind. He cannot see anything. Anyone who does not care about this, anyone who has not tried to win soul, tried to turn someone from going to the lake of fire, the Bible says, one, his first problem is that he's blind. Because if you can see, if you can see, you'll be willing to lay down your life for others so that they don't go to hell. That is what Christ did. He knew where this place is. And he was prepared to lay down his life. He had seen. He wasn't blind to hell. He wasn't blind to the lake of fire. He knew what that is. And so he laid down his life. He put down. He was willing to lay down. He was willing to suffer. You don't know. You have not seen. You are blind. That is why you are not even willing to lay down your Saturday. Your Saturday to win souls. Why you are not prepared to lay down your prestige, your, your, your honor, the embarrassment. You are not willing to allow that to come in just to win a soul. He says you are blind. Amen. Amen. Whilst holding on that, let's look at this scripture quickly in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. It says, but when he saw the multitude, beloved, allow me to share the scriptures for a few minutes, we'll be done. Because it is very important that you understand. He says, but when he saw the multitude, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. This is Jesus. He says, when he saw the multitude, when he saw the crowd, when he saw the people going down Broadway, when he saw all the people at the subway station, when he saw them, he says, he was moved with compassion. When he saw the people, all of them going to the stadium, going to watch this concert, going to dance. When he saw all the people going to the club, when he saw all the people storming to the, 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 the nightclub, going to the drug house. When he saw them, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Amen. You see, he was with his disciples. Now, who was it that gave a prayer topic? 
He gave them a prayer topic. He says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into, this, into his harvest. There are so many. He could see so many people on their way to the lake of fire. He could see. He could see people who are ready to perish. He could see and his heart was moved. He said, they have no idea where they are going. They have no clue where they are heading. They think they are having fun and they are enjoying, but they have no clue where they are heading. And he was moved with compassion. And he gave them, the disciples that were with him, he gave them a prayer topic. He said, pray this prayer. Pray this prayer that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers, ministers, people who can warn them where they are going. Hallelujah. Now you realize that he is the one that had compassion on them. He saw the people where they were heading and he had compassion on them. The disciples were with him, but they were blinded. They were blind. They had no clue about hell. They were not concerned. They saw the same people, but they had no compassion. It did not bother them. They said they were going for evangelism on Saturday, but they were blind. It didn't trigger, I'll be too tired to go. Amen. The second problem that you have he says, he says, but he that lacketh these things is blinded, one, and two, he cannot see afar off. He cannot see afar off. The person who does not have souls, the person who does not care about soul winning, you cannot see afar off. That means you cannot see eternity. You cannot see where our final destination is. You cannot see beyond this world. Amen. All you can see is this world. That is why, that is why you are into places where they pray for me, lay hands on me, cause me. You lift up your back for oil to be poured on and to receive blessing and to receive more money. That is because you can't see afar off. You are blinded. You can't see afar off. And so this is the place where it's attracted to you. You don't like a place where messages like this is preached because you can't see beyond this world. All you can see is your wallet, your bank account, your marriage, your, your wife, your husband, your children, your job, and going to school and having a career. You cannot see afar off. You cannot see into eternity. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You can't see afar off. You can't see beyond your culture. You can't see beyond your country. You, are not, you can't see afar off. You, all you can see is a group of wherever you come from. A group of whatever language you speak. You can't see afar off. You can't see Jamaicans. You can see um, Dominicans. You can see Puerto Ricans. You can see Americans. You can see Africans. You can see people from India. You can see afar off. All you can see is what is around you. That is why even your language is the way it is. You don't care who is. You can see even two feet away from you, that there is another person that is standing here that does not speak the language that you are speaking, and it does not bother you because you cannot see beyond your two-meter radius. You can see. You can see. You don't care. You can see. Hallelujah. And number three, the problem that you have, he says, he has forgotten about his own salvation. He says, such a person who lacked these things has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. You have forgotten about your own salvation. Mercy. Mercy. How many of you wake up every day 
and realize you are still a Christian and you thank God for being a Christian. You thank God for being saved. Not many Christians do that. Many Christians don't even thank God that they are saved. But you see, the reason is you have no idea what God has saved you from. You have no idea where you could have gone. And so you take it lightly. But if your eyes were to be open to have a vision of the lake of fire, if your eyes were to be open, your attitude towards souls that are perishing, your attitude towards souls that are going to this lake of fire, if God were to open your eyes for a few minutes to see, it will change your attitude. It will change your attitude. But you don't need to wait for that vision. You don't need to wait for that vision. Jesus has described to you, he says, where the worm dieth not, maggots are eating your flesh, but you are not dying. And they are not dying. They are eating you up every day. Where the fire is like brimstone, burning, sulfur, yellow sulfur, burning. That is a lake of fire. You know, sometimes just go on the internet and just look at pictures. Look at pictures of the depiction of hell. Just look at it for fun's sake. Just look at it. I was looking at certain pictures. The Lord led me to certain pictures. And I could see people dressed in suits as going to work. And they were being thrown into the lake. of. They were falling in like that. They were going in the ditch like that. I could see the... People who have exercised and they are, they are wearing nice skirts and blouse and with their handbag as they were going to type some important letters and they are going in. People who are like going to an important meeting. All these people are going into the lake of fire. A lot of people. Kings and princes. Beautiful people. Nice people. Amen. You see, sometimes you can associate hell with certain people. You look at, uh, you look, maybe you look at the homeless or you look at some poor people and you say, ah, these people, they fit in that picture. No, no. Amen. When the Lord opens your eyes, it changes you. Just allow me, I just want to read a short, a very short story that um, Bishop narrated in this book. Tell them about someone who had a glimpse of hell. This was an atheist. Someone who does not believe in God. Someone who did not want to hear about Jesus. And I just want to show you. I just want to just read this quickly with you. His name is Ron Reagan. I mean, he's a very popular guy now. You can read about him. Ron Reagan. And listen to this very carefully. He says, one day... I decided to take my little son, Ronnie Paul, to a town called Pigeon Ford with a little market there. So he was home and he wanted to go to the store, the corner store, to buy something. So he took his son with him. As I started to go through the entrance door to the market, another man was coming out. He wouldn't back off and neither would I. The hatred and violence just rose up in me and I busted his head right in the face through the doorway. You see, I busted his head. He took his head and busted it into the doorway like that. So he fell into a stacked up case of bottles that were in the store. So the man was coming out and he was going in and the man would not stand for him to go in. But he's a tough guy. This is run. Reagan was a very tough guy. He was a tug. So he says he banged the guy's head. He says people were streaming. People were screaming and running. But he picked up a broken bottle and came swinging for my face. As I lifted my left arm to try and stop the blow, he severed all the ligaments, tendons, and the artery in my arm. So the guy picked up a broken bottle and he was coming at him. So he tried to block it and he severed. Just pardon me for the graphic that I'm describing to you. But um, he severed his ligaments, his tendons and an artery in the arm. In a fit of rage, I hit him again and kicked at him. 
But this time, with that battle, he swerved, he severed the Achilles tendon and the arteries in my leg. In minutes, the blood was pumping out of my body like out of a water hole. Every time my heart beat, the blood would squirt out, and I quickly became faint. The man who, the, the man who ran the market told me that unless I go to the hospital quickly, I will be dead. So he got me into the passenger side of my car while he drove. Whilst my young son watching it all was screaming, completely hysterical. By the time we reached the hospital, the floor well of the passenger side was awashed with my blood. My feet were wallowing in it. I could hear voices, but couldn't open my eyes anymore. Because all my strength had gone. When they rolled me into the emergency room, I could hear the doctors and nurses saying, he's going to need extensive surgery. Transfer him to the hospital in Knoxville. They loaded me into the ambulance and got me ready for transfer to Knoxville. Someone had gotten hold of Elaine, his wife, and she rushed to the hospital and got into the ambulance with me as we set off. A young man, about 21 or 22, the paramedic, looked in my face in the ambulance and said, Sir, do you know Jesus Christ? I cast him and God with all the strength left in my body. There is no God. There is no God. Who is this Jesus you are talking about? Look at me. Look at me. Do you think there is a God? The young man just looked at me and said, he loves you. Jesus will help you. Call on him. He loves you. He will help you. Call on him. Something inside me caused me to foam and spit and cry out, God, if you really exist, help me. I can't help myself. Help me, please. The young man continued saying, Jesus died for you. He gave his life for you. And all the time I listened, I could hear my wife sobbing. Smoke filled the ambulance. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't see. I thought the ambulance was on fire. What's wrong? I called out. I can't see. Then through the smoke, I started hearing different voices. Razor, that was his nickname. He heard voices. Razor, Razor Reagan, running. I could hear. Turn around. Don't come here. Don't come here. You could hear voices. And someone was saying, Razor, running. Don't come here. Go back. Stop now. Don't come here. Don't come here. As I kept hearing these voices, the smoke opened up. And I could see what looked like the old quarry pit that we used to swim in when I was a child. In fact, it looked exactly like it did on the night we poured gasoline into it and set the water on fire. So it looked, what he was seeing was, it's like water, like a lake that they poured. He remembered as a child, they once poured kerosene on the water and they lighted it and the whole place was fire. He says, this is the kind of picture that I could see. It was burning and blazing and I was getting nearer to that pit. I could see people in there and they, was, and they were burning. Their arms, their faces, their bodies were blazing and the fire wasn't going out. And they were screaming my name. Closer and closer I went until I could see the individuals. But I couldn't understand what I was seeing. There were two standing close together and I saw they were Billy and Freddie, my two brothers. And they were burning and screaming. What are you doing here? I yelled. You died on the highway. This is what he's telling him. He says, you died on the highway in 1957, in a, in a 1957 Chevrolet. 
drunk when you hit the block wall doing 100 miles per hour. What are you doing here? They said, don't come here. There is no way out. It's terrible. Don't come here. I look on the side. Oh no, that's Charlie. Charlie, what are you doing here? Last time I saw you, you were in Pigeon River. We couldn't get a car off. We couldn't get a car off you because we were all drunk. When you went into the river, we couldn't get you out. We saw your face looking up through the water, but we couldn't get you off. We couldn't get you out. I looked. He says, this is what the, um, the Charlie said to him. He said, go back. He said, don't come here. I look and could see flower children. You know flower children? Flower children were the hippies in the 60s. These were the hippies. They had to dress a certain way. They used to give flowers to people to demonstrate peace. This is their way of achieving peace. He says, I look and could see. You see, it doesn't matter you are a peace-loving person. It doesn't matter that you are for a peace cause. It doesn't matter you say, I'm a good person. If you don't have Christ as your personal savior, you go to the lake of fire. Oh, I am a good person. I don't do anything bad. God has given you that opportunity. So he says, I could see the flower girls. I could see flower children standing against the wall, just like I had seen them in the, in the 60s, dazed. Flower children, so blown away. The age of Aquarius. These were all rock people. And I saw many that had overdosed and died. They overdosed and died. He says, then I saw my friend Richard. Oh, Richard, I can't help you. When we robbed the liquor store in Atlanta, you didn't know what you were doing. You had an old pistol that didn't have any bullets in it. And you didn't even ask for the money. But the man didn't know your gun wasn't loaded. And he reached under the counter and pulled out a 357. Fired point blank and blew your heart out of your chest. You fell against parking meter and slipped down in the broken glass with the wine and the blood spilling over you. The last thing you said was, oh God. Richard cried out, don't come here. You can't help me. Don't come here. You can't help me. So don't come here. I cannot convey the horror, the horror of what I saw and heard. All I knew was I didn't understand it. Suddenly, everything went black and I woke up. 48 hours later, I came around in the hospital. My wife was sitting beside me. I had hundreds of stitches inside and outside my body. My wife explained that the doctors had decided not to amputate my arm in view of my job as a truck driver. They would keep a close watch on it though. But I wasn't interested in my arm because I remembered what I had seen. I wasn't interested in having two arms because I remembered what I had seen. I wasn't interested in having an eye because I, I was wondering and remembered what I had seen. People now ask me why I cry, why I run and dance when I preach. This atheist, he became a preacher. He said, now people ask me. It's a good place to clap for Jesus. He said, now people ask me why I cry and run and dance when I preach. And I think, oh Jesus, if it happened to them how it happened to me, they will know why I am like what I am. If it happened to them like it happened to me, they will know why I am the way I am. If it happened to me, they will know why I am the way I am. I am. If God were to give you a glimpse of hell, it would change you. 
it will change you. There are many, many stories of people who have had near-death experience. Many, many people. Many, many stories. A lot of times, I try in the ICU when we're working and someone, someone quotes, someone has a heart attack or cardiac arrest and we resuscitate and then we bring the person back. Sometimes I wish I had the opportunity to ask the person, what happened? What did you see? What went on? Beloved, you don't need to see. You don't need to have one Reagan's experience before you give your life to Christ. Today, if you have heard his voice, harden not your heart. Put your hands together for Jesus and stand to your feet. Father, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for ministering to us. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us in a language that we can understand. We are grateful and we are thankful in the name of Jesus. We glorify your name. We give you honor. We thank you in the name of Jesus. You came from heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To swallow the world. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. My dad. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Lord. From the cross. Glory to you. To the grave. From the grave to the sky. Lord, I bless your name. To die for our sins. We give you glory and we give you honor. We thank you, Lord, for your love that you bestowed upon us. From the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. Beloved, this afternoon, with all eyes closed, every head bowed. There's a reason why we all dress the way we dress. Some dress as popes. Some have dressed as Muslims. Some have dressed as coming from Africa. Some have dressed as British. Some have dressed as English, as Scottish. No matter where we are coming from, if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Savior, the way you dress does not matter. The work you do does not matter. Your color does not matter. Who you are does not matter. What matters is that you have received Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go to the lake of fire. The Bible says there is a way that seemed right in the eyes of man. But the end thereof is death. Beloved, there are things that you are doing and it looks so right to you. It looks so meaningful to you. It looks so reasonable to you. And all of these things do not matter to you. But the end of your destination is death. This afternoon, if you are here, if you are here, you are not born again. You are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. You are not giving your life to Jesus. If you are here this afternoon, you don't have Jesus Christ as your savior. The ball has been played in your court. God has given you his only begotten son. With all eyes closed and every head bowed. This is a very private moment. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal savior. If this is your prayer, if this is what you are saying, if this is what is ringing in your heart, this afternoon, with all eyes closed, every head bowed, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. I will, I will share a very simple prayer with you. If you are here, you want to give your life to Christ. Just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that, you want to welcome Jesus Christ as your personal savior. 
Perhaps you used to walk with Jesus. Perhaps you once welcomed Jesus Christ. But today, you look in your life and you realize that you are very, very far from God. If you were to die today, you are not sure where you are going. If you were to die today, you don't need to have Ron Reagan's experience. You don't need to have that experience. You don't need to have an experience like that before you say, I'm born again. You don't need to get to a near-death situation where hell will be opened up to you to see that indeed it is a real place. Heaven and hell are real places, whether you believe it or not. Beloved, you do not have tomorrow. Tomorrow is not guaranteed to you. Tomorrow is not guaranteed to you. In fact, stepping out of this place is not guaranteed to anyone. If you are hearing, you, the Spirit is speaking to you right now. You want to give your life to Jesus. Just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Lift up your hand. You can hear an invitation. It is Jesus. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is anyone here like that? Anyone? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You want to welcome him into your life as your savior. Is there anyone like that? Anyone like that? Maybe somebody invited you to church, but you are not here by chance. You are not here by accident. Is anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? I want you all to join me and say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash my sins away. Wash me with your blood. Lord Jesus, today, I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. Please write my name in the book of life. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to the lake of fire. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? And you may be seated for two minutes. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.